you say that this morning say, I, I will not, will not be, be shaken. Let's say it again. I will not, I will not be, shaken. be shaken. Say, I will not, I will not be, moved. be moved. Say, I have faith. I have, faith. I have supernatural faith. I
God, we thank you. God, we praise you. It's in your name. Amen. Kiddos, y'all can head to King Food. Thank you for worshiping so well with us today. Adventure Community Church, we exist to grow and advance individuals and families. And we've said that from the beginning, but as we're coming up on year seven, I'm gonna add a little bit to that. We exist to grow and advance individuals and families as we declare and demonstrate the gospel to everyone, every day, and everywhere. Second Corinthians 4.18 says this, so we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen, since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. If you would stand with me real quick, I want to pray our prayer of 2019 together. Just repeat after me. Say, awesome God. Awesome God. Give us eyes to see. Give us ears to hear. Give us hearts to receive. Give us mouths to declare. All of the good things that you have already prepared and provided for us. Amen. Thank you, J.D. I changed this prayer up a little bit. Y'all can have a seat. I had a little bit today. So it's our prayer of 2019.5-ish. We're there. I want to share some truths with you this morning, and I have not enough. I've got more paper than I have time, so we're going to move quick, okay? So there are some things that are temporary. We read that in the passage. There's things that are temporary that are seen, like you can see these things. And then there are things that are unseen that are eternal. Okay, they last forever. So unseen equals eternal. Seen is temporary. Here's another truth, and I hope that you're aware of this. You have the opportunity to live in both the unseen and the temper the unseen and the seen, the temporary and the eternal, because they're happening at the same time. You get to be in two places at once. I'm gonna break this down real quick. The place of the unseen and eternal, let me give you a list of just, this place is a place of changeless. The unseen and the eternal never changes. It's timeless. It's truth. It's ultimate reality. It's completeness. It's wholeness. It's finished. I like that word, finished. Because it reminds me that on the cross, when, when Jesus did that work, it was a finished work. It wasn't a halfway done work. It was all the way. And I would describe this unseen and eternal with kind of one word, and that word would be now. The right now. The where we are. The unseen, the eternal. It's the right now. Let's break down the seen and temporary. The seen and temporary, and this list could go on and on as could the previous list, but this is a place of sickness. It's temporary. This is a place of the natural. Like this. The stand. Facts, not necessarily truth. There's a big difference between facts and truth. Anxiety, a beginning and an end, a life and a death, an undone process, need. And the unseen is a place, what I would say is a place of supernatural faith, while the seen is a place of natural faith. And what's the difference? Because there is a difference between faith and supernatural faith. A natural faith exists within the physical, but a supernatural faith exists independent of the physical. It doesn't matter what I see, smell, taste, touch. I have a supernatural faith, and, and I can believe 
that no matter what's there, I believe this thing. So who's saved in this house? Give me a whoop whoop. Okay. Whoop whoop. I'm saved. I'm glad. Okay. Supernatural faith got me saved. I, I couldn't see it. There, there, there wasn't a there wasn't a physical thing there, but I believed. And supernatural faith got me saved. Who drove a car this week? Give me a whoop whoop. Okay. Natural faith helps you drive that car. There's a difference. Supernatural faith can see, and this is here's the main difference: that supernatural faith can see things that natural faith cannot. So I'm gonna ask you some questions real quick, and we're gonna do some whoop whooping, okay? So if you have done these things, you believe these things, give me a whoop whoop, okay? Do you believe in righteousness? Okay. Do you believe in sin? Yeah, that seems a little weird to be whooping about, but yeah, okay. Do you believe you have an enemy? Do you believe in salvation? Okay. That's so funny. There we go. Okay, I won't, I won't make you do it anymore right now. But here's the reality is that supernatural faith is what perceives those things. You can see acts of these things, but you've never really seen sin. You seem like sin acted, but you've never seen it. Supernatural faith is what perceives these things. Righteousness. Your enemy. Salvation. But you're saved, you're healed, and you're delivered by supernatural faith. And don't get confused because both of these are really important. God, I believe God created both, and he created both with a purpose, but one is greater than the other. One, he says, focus on this thing, not on this thing. Fix your eyes on this thing, not on this thing. Like I said earlier, don't deny the physical thing, but do deny that that physical place is the only thing that exists. Don't deny that issue, that problem sitting in front of you, but, de but do deny that that's all there is. Don't deny that you're going to go through stuff, because you're going to go through stuff. Who's going through some stuff and say, that's some stuff? Yeah, right. Yeah, there we go. Don't deny it. Or people are going to look at you like, I don't know if you're all there. Are you? You're, you're sure you're not? Okay, you're good. Okay, whatever. Like, don't deny that you're going to go through, but do deny that you won't make it through this time. <clears throat> Jesus said, in this world, you're going to have some mess, you're going to have some troubles, but fear not for how to overcome this. In one sentence, he said, don't look at the trouble. Look at me. Okay. I'm moving way faster than I thought I would. This is going to be good stuff. Okay. <laughs> All right. So now... How do you do that, though? How, how do you, in a practical sense, lift your eyes from the seen to the unseen? How, in a practical sense, do you do that? I don't want to just leave you with no steps. And, and here's your first step, is to stop living. And I'm going to depend on some maturity here. We're talking about the B-U-T, not the B-U-T-T. So stop living after the but. Okay, conjunction, but okay, English class conjunctions, right? Okay, and is a conjunction. Am I right? Where my teachers at? And right? Okay, I didn't Google that one. I was hoping it was. Means both, and means both, or means one or the other. The word but negates what comes before. 
It's used to introduce a phrase or clause contrasting with what has already been mentioned. And it's used to indicate the impossibility of anything other than what is now being stated. That's a long definition. But I want to say it again. The word but negates what comes before. So let me give you some examples. Josh Taylor, you're a great guy. But you're kind of ugly. So I don't actually believe that he's a great guy. But I do believe that he's kind of ugly. You're not ugly, Josh. You're pretty. Okay. I know I believe I'm going to get out of debt and live financially free. But... You know, I know God can bring freedom to my life and my family, but I know I exist to grow and advance individuals and families, but if you ever want to know what someone really believes about you, listen to the words after the but. If you want to know the truth, listen to the but, because the but is revealing. Yeah, that's funny. I know. Look at your neighbor and say, the but is revealing. There you go. See, you thought this was a mature place. You were so wrong. Because it tells the world what you really do believe. It, it absolutely does. So how do you how do you how do you raise your eyes? You stop living after the butt. Because we put the God stuff before constantly in our thoughts. In our prayers, in the way that we talk, so often we put the God stuff before the butt and put the temporary stuff after the butt. And we negate the eternal with the temporary. We give the temporary more power than the eternal just by our words. And our language is so important. I had one of my close friends and, and one of my teachers growing up, he said this all the time. He said, language creates culture. How you live. Is created by the words that you speak. Language creates culture. So if you are constantly negating the God stuff with the temporary stuff, then that is exactly how you will live. You know why I love worship? Because sometimes I have to declare things in worship that I'm struggling to believe. Today, in worship, I had to declare some things that I am struggling with. I want you to just chew on that for a minute. And maybe I, I know I'm not alone in that moment. We say, and I will build my life upon your love. And on the inside, we're thinking, and maybe some other stuff too. I may be weak, your spirit strong in me. Except when I don't really feel like it. Mm. Yes, I will lift your name in the highest valley. Unless I don't. <laughs> right? And that's okay, though. And you know what? That's okay. I'm not condemning that at all. That's okay because my Bible says that it's okay that I struggle to believe sometimes because faith comes by hearing. The book of Romans says that faith comes by hearing. So if I sing it enough, 
And if we sing it together enough and I hear it enough, eventually my faith will rise to the level of my words. We're talking to our students right now. Jesse and her team are talking to the students every, right now they're doing a series called The uh, Fabulous Life of a Teenager. And it's about how there was a shift in culture whenever the word teenager was introduced. And I don't remember all the details, but the word teenager was introduced for the very first time. And at that point, there was a shift in our culture where suddenly we expected less of our kids that were 13 to 18. And miraculously, they lowered their standard to that. Like, it, it's, we're not making this up. Whatever bar you set with your language is the bar that you will meet. The, the whole point of what they're talking about is why does the world expect less of you? Why do you expect less of yourself? And we have a choice to speak differently about ourselves. I'm a millennial. I'm from a generation that's supposed to be whiny and selfish and other things, okay? Rarely do you hear the, word, the term millennial in a positive light, but my family shows we are not going to be that. We made the choice to be different, okay? So we hear it again and again and again and again and again, and our faith comes through hearing. And we stop living after the but. I'm going to speak some things over you today in this service. And you might not believe them when I'm saying them, but I'm going to declare some things over your life because we exist to declare things. So I declare that you and your family will no longer live life after the but. You will no longer live life in the temporary. You will live life in the eternal. Someone told me one, I've held on to it forever. They said, you ought to be the best prophet of your own life. I, I was watching a sermon this week from my friend, uh, Pastor Zach at, at High Ridge, and he was explaining prophecy. And I'd seen this before, but I'd forgotten about this example. And he said, have you ever seen an ember and you hold that ember? Well, you can't hold that ember, but maybe with some tongs or something. And you're looking at it and it just seems like it's dying out. And so you blow on it and you go, in the, the red appears and it starts to get hotter and you're, you're breathing life back into that thing. That's what prophecy does. It brings life. And so we ought to bring more life into our own life than anyone else. We ought to be the best prophet in our life. But here's the, here's the kicker is the enemy doesn't care how much you prophesy or declare as long as you put it before the butt. He gonna leave you alone. You can say, I will lift your name in the highest valley all day long, as long as you say, but I got some other stuff going on that I got to tend to first. So he's going to leave you alone, but he doesn't care what you say. And some of you have been thinking, I am the best prophet of my own life, but you're not growing in advantage because you operate so well in that but. It's an unholy but. 2 Corinthians 4.18 Fix your eyes on what is seen, not seen. Sorry, so fix your eyes on not what is seen, but what is unseen. I'm going to introduce you to another conjunction, another, another word, unless. I don't know if that's a conjunction, just another word. Unless. And it's defined by except if. And it's used to introduce an exception. So I told you a rule. 
Don't live your life after the but. Well, now I'm going to give you an exception to that rule because I like exceptions to rules. I, I, swear, I say this all the time. I serve a God who breaks the rules. <laughs> and I'm glad that he broke the rules for me. When everyone said, Jesus, sit, up, sit down and shut up, he said, no, nah, I don't think I will. And he broke those rules. So I love that I serve a God who, who, who offers that. So I'm going to offer you an exception. Stop living after the but unless it's a holy but. Jesus knew about a holy but. Jesus prayed using a holy but in Luke 22, 42. He was praying in a garden. He says, Father, if you're willing, take this cup away from me. But it is not my will, but yours that must be done. The holy but moves you from a natural space to a supernatural space. Give me some examples. I feel so weak. But God is my strength. I've got more money than money. But my God will supply all my needs according to his riches and glory. I'm so I'm so wrecked with worry right now, but my God gives a peace like no other. Not a peace like the world gives, but a very special peace. It, it moves me when I use the holy, but it moves me from a place of thought and feeling and physical to a place of prophetic faith. I don't ignore what's going on, but I speak something greater. And it's faith that shifts the thoughts and feelings and, and the natural. It's a faith that, that focuses above the situation. And I know that I don't have to ignore my situation because I don't see Jesus doing that. Jesus knew the cross was coming and his prayer was, Father, if the cross can just pass by me, that would be amazing. But your will, not mine. That's good stuff. What's good? What's good, DCC? What's good? That's good stuff. I asked you, I started asking you that last week, I think. I started using that phrase, what's good, DCC? And I did it on purpose because it forces you to raise your eyes out of the messed up to the blessed up. That's funny, right? I was like, I love that phrase. Say, we're going to get blessed up today. You want to go to church and get blessed up? We're going to get blessed up. Okay, nobody's following me. We're good. <laughs> I'm going to say it for, I'm going to shirk me. Get blessed up. Okay. 2 Corinthians 4, 7. We have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not us. Hmm. We have this treasure. We have something in jars of clay, our bodies. We have something inside of us. It's a treasure. And, and it's there to show that there's a surpassing power. That belongs to God and not us. That passage tells me that I've got it. There's an all-surpassing power inside of me. There's, there's a power that I can't even understand, but I can declare and I can demonstrate it. Say, I got the power. Say, I got the power. There we go. We're going to do it twice. Some of y'all are sleeping. 2 Corinthians 4, 7 through 10. Continue. Oh, wait, we're not repeating anymore. Sorry. But good job. Thanks for staying with me. 
2 Corinthians 4, 7 through 10 says, we have, this, we have this treasure jars of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not us. And I love this rest. It says, we are afflicted in every way, but not crushed, perplexed, but not driven to despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed, always carrying in the body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our bodies. I'm going to read that last part real slow. We are always carrying in the body the death of Jesus so that life of Jesus may also be manifested in our bodies. You negate your trouble with a holy butt. And you might be sitting there saying, like, I don't have that type of faith. I, I, don't, I don't have that kind of faith. I don't have that level of faith. I don't have that measure of faith. And I used to really believe that, that I had to muster up the faith to make things happen. And then what I was inadvertently doing was saying that his work on the cross wasn't enough. Because I had to, I, I had to get the faith. Here's the reality. Supernatural faith is simply just a matter of having faith in Him. I know you don't have that sort of faith. And I've discovered that I don't have that sort of faith. But here's what I'm, I'm excited to say. God does. And Mark, let me tell you where I'm pulling this, where, where I'm getting this. From Mark 11, 22 through 24, it says, And Jesus answering them says, Have faith in God. Period. Faith in God. And truly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain be taken up and thrown into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, believes, but believes that what he says will come to pass, it will be done for him. Therefore I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. What does he say? Have faith in God. Your, your instructions are have faith in God. It's less about my faith and more about His faithfulness. And I think sometimes we struggle to even muster up the faith to ask. Because I think sometimes we think it's about us. But it's about Him. Have faith in Him. And I think that the best solution is often the simplest solution. If I can have the worship team make their way back up. Have faith in God. How we try to complicate things. It's crazy, right? How 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 often we try to just make it harder than it than it, than it really is. This is simple. Have faith in God. That's an unseen type of faith, but have faith in God. Where does your faith come from? The Bible says that He, Jesus, is the author and finisher of our faith. He created it. He started it. And He's going to bring it to a finish. And I believe that your life is better when it's always carrying in it, just like I read earlier, the death of Jesus. 
so that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in your body. So you carry with him that death. But you do that so that his life can be manifested and shown through you. Your life is better when it's his. And I think that some of you here, I think, know that deep, deep down inside, you know that your life is better when it's his. But for whatever reason, whatever situation, you've added a lot of buts to that. I know my life would be better if I was his, but I got some stuff I got to take care of first. I know my life is better or would be better if I would just give it over to him. But you don't know the situation and circumstance, Curtis. I know my life will be better, but I got this stuff hanging out the, in the past, in the, in the closet. I got to dig up and dust off first. Listen, when Jesus was hanging there and he said it is finished, he meant it. It is finished. It's a complete and perfect work. There is nothing more that I have to do other than believe. So how, how, do, you, how do you move yourself from, from getting locked in on the seen temporary and lift your eyes to the unseen eternal? You stop living after the bud unless it's a holy bud. And then you begin... Then you again begin to agree with what God is saying about, stand with me real quick. You agree with what God is saying. You, you speak what God is saying and you receive what God is giving. For the longest time as a pastor, I was trying to figure out what my job really was and, and, and how to quant qualify it and how to quantify it, how to write it out. Now, somebody told me recently that said the biggest part of my job is to get people to live a life of life and not death. How many of you would say that every day and every minute and every second of this past week, you lived a life of life? See, you all should be able to raise your hands. But we get stuck in that death and that temporary. So I want you to close your eyes with me real quick. I'm going to pray over you one time. We're going to declare, we're going to demonstrate some gospel today. Father, we declare this morning that we will begin to believe what you are saying about us. God, we declare this morning that we are going to open our mouth and begin to speak what you are saying about us. And God, this morning we receive what you are giving. Father, we will be the best prophets of our lives. God, we will turn from an unholy butt to a holy butt. We will declare the eternal over the temporary. We will see great big things. We will prosper substantially. And we will give you the glory as we grow and as we advance. And as we declare and as we demonstrate 
this gospel to everyone, every day, and everywhere. Father, we thank you, we praise you, and we lift your name this morning. Guys, we're going to close in just a time of worship. Focus on him this morning. Go ahead and lead us.